Welcome back to Smiling in Hell 2.0. I'm your host, Larry Peterson, with another chapter of uh, Smiling in Hell 2.0. Today's chapter is uh, 36, chapter 36. Uh, It's called Adventures in Travel and uh, also called What's in a Name. You know, some people still ask me, why are you calling this Smiling in Hell? Is it really that bad? And I go, look around. I mean, if it's anything from the economy to uh, the crime rate to what's going on in Washington to uh, what they're doing to our children to a possible uh, fake disease to, I mean, there's just so many weird things going on that you got to wonder whether the guy in the red suit with the horns isn't just sitting off to the side going, uh, chuckling himself. And maybe he's smiling in hell too. Anyway, today, uh, chapter 36 is another adventure in travel, a little bit of a departure. It's also called What's in a Name? You know, another example of my actually smiling in hell is the fact that I've never liked my name. That At least the Larry part. Uh, to me, the name Larry, it's kind of a weenie and weak moniker and is oftentimes attached to actors who are usually a, a little bit goofy and just a bit inept. You know, guys named Larry are usually the ones who squirt mustard on their new tie or mess up a simple home repair project, uh, misplace their child, and basically screw up or, or do something that their wife has to fix. You know, right after they say, oh, Larry. Now, of course, there have been many fine actors, performers, and personalities over the years who were called Larry, but they were usually named Lawrence and were called Larry by their friends when given permission, of course. Guys like Sir Lawrence Olivier, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, wait a minute, Lawrence was his last name. Lawrence Harvey, and and many others. But in that context, the Larry label is pretty much okay. But a lot of other Larrys have been comic or B-level actors like Larry Storch from F Troop. You know, know, Corporal Agarn, I actually really liked him. Or Larry Parks, who played Al Jolson in the Jolson story. And then there's Larry David, Larry Hagman, Larry King, Larry Bird, great b-ball player, and everybody's favorite, Larry the Cable Guy. Shoot, McQueen! Which I was often referred to as during my almost 30 years in the cable TV business. And yeah, that was some fun. So why, you may wonder, did my folks pick this mediocre moniker with which to saddle their second and sure to be their favorite fruit of their loins? Well, as it was, there was a pair of popular big band leaders in the 40s and 50s who happened to be named Les and Larry Elgar. You know, trumpeter Les Elgar and his sax playing brother Larry, they led one of the popular swing orchestras of the 50s. Their smooth, tightly arranged sound helped keep the declining big band style alive on the charts, at least for a little while longer. And now my dad, my dad was a pretty fair drummer in his day, and he, he played in dance bands in and around the Cleveland area, you know, like in clubs literally called like the Buddy Bucket, the Buddy the Bloody Bucket, and before and after the war. Oh, that would be uh, WW2, you know, the big one. You might have heard of it. It, it was in all the papers. Anyway, but dad was a, a still a pretty big fan of the big bands. Anyway, my brother opened for me, and they named him Leslie, which they shortened to Les. 
Now, why? I have no idea. I think my mom was a big Leslie Howard fan, you know. Oh, Ashley. But whatever the reason, when I made my entrance about four years later, they slapped the name Larry on the label, and the rest is history. So over the years, folks would ask my old man, Louis, or Lou, if you must know, why they didn't name me Lawrence, or Lawrence with a W, as in Welk, uh, and call me Larry. And he would always answer, well, if we're going to name him, if we're going to call him Larry, we're going to name him Larry. And that, as they say, is the rest of the story. And it's also why it says Larry on my birth certificate. Okay, so what, you may wonder, does any of this have to do with traveling adventures? Well, let's fast forward to 2002. My, my wife of about three years, Sherry, and I were in the process of trying to expand Team Peterson by adding another player to the roster. We were enjoying the process uh, uh, anyway, but as we were dreaming and waiting for the day when another little miracle would join our merry band, we would, as most parents do, play the name game. You know, well, we'll name it this if it's a boy, and this if it's a girl, and uh, and so on. And and if one would ask me what I hoped it would be, I would always say, well, a baby, I, I guess. I certainly don't want a marmot coming out of there. And I'd usually follow that up by saying we were going to have three kids, one of each. Of course, having grown up with a fairly fiery aversion to the surname designation with which I had been tagged, I was pretty sensitive to whatever we might end up copywriting our new little entity and intent on ensuring we didn't tattoo little him or her with a title that they would regret for their whole lives, like Larry. That was why I became a virtual name machine, like Buddy Sorrell, the human joke machine. I would share any and all possible appellations with my partner in parental development whenever I could. Of course, she was always very supportive and open to my suggestions and would often immediately reply with a gentle no at my rapid-fire possible handles. And some of the veritable gems that I offered up included such jewels as Shlomo, Ishmael, Tank, Blade, Gravel, Turf, Wheels, Hammer, Ezra May, and others. And those were just for a girl. There was, however, one name that I came up with that I thought would be great for a girl or a boy. Slam. Slam. You know, like the great bass player, Slam Stewart. Like the great golfer, Slammin' Sammy Sneed. That name had the kind of spark, ring, catch that would and, and could carry a person through their whole life. Yeah, I was like Vito Corleone, imagining my seed being called Senator Slam Peterson, Governor Slam Peterson. Or, now teeing off at the Masters, Slam Peterson. Or how about, now appearing on Broadway, Slam Peterson. And so on. But, for some reason, my other half just didn't have an ear for this most musical blend of rock and rhythm and sumptuous sound, so into the pile of cast-offs it went. Oh well. And that brings us to the adventures and travel part of the story. See, I, you knew, I knew I'd get there. As it was... I was very fortunate. I had a cousin who worked for Delta Airlines and as a thank you for driving her to catch a 
mid-morning flight at like 4 a.m. in the morning, my cuz laid a couple of round-trip friends and family vouchers on me and Sherry's. Uh, now, these vouchers, although basically labeled standby, uh, allowed us to or allowed me to put together an itinerary to travel from Kansas City to New York and on to Zurich for a Eurail trip through pieces of Switzerland and Austria and Germany. And even though they were labeled standby, we were fortunate enough that if they were available, we could fly business class. And we did on every leg of our trip, except for the last 45-minute flight back to Kansas City. Lucky? <laughs> you betcha. So from Zurich, we traveled so continental-like by rail through Switzerland to Lucerne for an amazing tableside schnitzel and a jackpot at the local casino, to Grindelwald und the Jungfrau, to Innsbruck, which I'll come back to in a minute, then on to Salzburg for three Mozart and Sound of Music-filled days and nights, and then several nights in Munich where, having met up with a bunch of friendly young Aussie fellas at the legendary Hofbrauhaus, I proceeded to impress them by back knocking back four, count them, four of those huge Hofbrauhaus steins of gut German beer. You know, the ones that are so big they have their own zip code, right? After which, of course, Sherry had to carry me back to the hotel uh, for an absolutely miserable hungover return flight the next day back to the States. It was, however, while we were on this amazing trip that we spent several nights in Innsbruck at a wonderful old historic hotel called the Goldene Adler, or Golden Eagle in English. This was a beautiful, gracious, traditional old inn, and we absolutely fell in love with it during our brief but dreamlike stay. Well, when we finally had to depart to Innsbruck, we made our way to the local Bahnhof, found our departure platform, boarded the train to our next destination, found our car, and made our way to our cabin. And while getting settled in our seats on the train, I was putting the receipt from the Goldene Adler into my travel pouch as the hotel name caught my eye. You know, I said to my traveling companion as I perused the chit, Adler would be a neat name for a boy or a girl. Now, Sherry was used to hearing my namular suggestions and immediately giving me the hairy eyeball in response. I could see her cornea already beginning to get furry when she suddenly stopped, looked at me like I had schnitzel coming out of my ears, and, and kind of shook her head in surprise. You know, she said, I kind of like it, especially for a girl. Really? I asked, semi-shocked. I mean, I was just sort of kidding, but now that I think about it, it is pretty cool, I said. And it means eagle, so it's kind of patriotic too, right? And put it on the possibles pile, she said, and we proceeded to sink into our seats, open a bottle of wine, grab some cheese, and prepare for the next rail leg of our trip. Now, fast forward again, about a year or so after many months of in vitro angst, regular injections, you know, with one in the middle of a performance of Cats in Kansas City, well, she did go to the ladies' room to do it. And a tenable time of gestation culminating in the grand finale of our daughter turning our little duo into a trio in June of 2003. So came the moment of truth with the name decision. 
Returning to the pile of possible names, we went back to the one name that had continued to knock at our cranium of consideration since we put that receipt in my wallet. Adler it was. So, thanks to a veritable roulette wheel combination of circumstances that would have made Dr. Malcolm's chaos theory proud, that included, among other things, an early morning drive to deliver my cousin to the Raleigh-Durham airport, coincidentally, that was immediately following my old man's funeral, an unexpected arrival like a pair of Willy Wonka golden tickets of a pair of airline vouchers that allowed us to travel anywhere, to the creation of a very random choice of destination, an itinerary through William Tell country, to an out-of-the-blue choice of a hotel we'd never heard of in Innsbruck, where we'd never been, that just happened to have a name that ended up on a pile of possible baby names, to the event, like the rarest of gems, of a unanimous agreement by me and my wife to go with the name Adler. I mean, what are the odds? So that's what we named our daughter, Lo, these 19 years ago. And it is amazing how many times when hearing her name, people will say, what a wonderful name. Which, of course, accused my telling the story that I just shared, which makes the name even more interesting, intriguing, and unusual. And the best thing is, unlike me and my name, my little girl Adler, well, she likes it too. Whew, what a relief. Well, thank goodness we didn't stay at a Ramada. Well, this is Larry Peterson, your host for Smiling in Hell 2.0. I hope you enjoyed this adventure in travel. Again, what's in a name? I don't know what my next chapter is going to be called or what we're going to talk about, but uh, it'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. So watch the uh, same time, same, same bat station, and we will be with you shortly. Thanks.